welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today we are sitting, and I'm going to call it the, the Dan Tony Bourbon Bunker. Is that good enough? It's, it's perfect. <laughs> We're sitting down with Bob D'Antoni and Bill Straub of Four Gate Whiskey Company. And uh, fellas, how's it going? It's going great. Going great, huh? It's going really well. We just had a great anniversary party Tuesday night out at Watch Hill proper. It was um, the, the, the brand's... Um, in uh, full speed, and we're happy to be with uh, Scott with you and Teach Bourbon and uh, Travis tonight. Good deal. And, and and Travis is our our additional special guest for the night. What's up, Mister Teach Bourbon himself? <laughs> How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, doing well. Travis is like an adjunct professor for Fourgate. He's he's kind of part of us. And it's a complicated subject to learn. It takes a lot of time to study. <laughs> a lot of Fourgate, a lot of a lot of discussion. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to learn, right? I mean, you, you mm-hmm. guys have put out how many batches so far? We are on 20. 20. Yep. That's crazy. Plus uh, plus another one that uh, didn't have a batch name, the Eagle Thief. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, 21 and then, releases. And then 15 was um, the trilogy, so obviously three, yeah, different, three different releases there. And, um, and then we've just released another one. Um, it's not out yet. Travis was just asking me about it. Uh, here at the world headquarters, um, it, it, it's it's a very small release. It's the um, it's the Indiana Foundation fourteen uh, year old, and uh, that's going to come out probably in June once we um, finish um, bottling some of the ten year old Indiana Foundation. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's only going to be released in Indiana, is it not? No, yeah, so just little one location. Only in Louisville, one location. Oh. There's going to be about 100 bottles for sale. Gotcha. You're you're just jumping right into it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were just talking about it in the the, the kitchen. So, I mean, it's right there on the edge of my... There and then there he brings it out. So, there you go. It's it's 144 proof. Oh, hazmat. I love that. Yeah. It's glorious. I mean, I can't wait. If it's over 165 proof, you're not allowed to sell it in a lot of states. So, right. Well, Bill and I wanted to keep it under, you know. <laughs> oh, did it come in hotter than 160? No, no we don't no, have no. Just, We got lucky. No. Okay. No. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, Tank it. Tank it. No, this came in. Um, we, Bill and I bought three barrels of this, uh, and we bought um, 27 barrels of the 10 year old. All this juice had been um, stored in uh, California. Gotcha. And we brought it back maybe six or eight months ago when we brought it back. They told us the 14-year-old barrels are really light, and um, you should go ahead and tank it now. So we tanked our three barrels, and um, we bottled it. The same time we bottled uh, 18, 19, and 20, and um, we got 129 bottles total mm-hmm. out of three barrels. Three barrels, 129 bottles. So they were not cheap barrels, in case anyone's wondering. Yeah, and um, the other thing, you know, Bill and I were trying to figure out the price, and a bunch of our colleagues were um, telling us in the whiskey industry, obviously, were saying you guys need to jack the price up even more. And um, Bill and I decided uh, on on uh, 450 a bottle. Um, where everybody else was saying you should go to um, six fifty to seven fifty a bottle. So the lowest I heard was someone said four ninety nine, and they said that that's probably they said that's probably cutting it too low. I said we're just going to maintain our the same margins we always do, and 
Right. You know, it, it's it's not a lot of bottles, so it's not like you're going to make a fortune off of it anyway. Right. And yeah. we don't want to screw people and price no, everyone out of that's it. That's completely... But on- we're not going to sell it for less than it costs us to put it in no, bottles. So. absolutely. That's an honorable thing to yeah. at least try to keep your normal margins and things to that nature. So we kind of jumped ahead because we, we were just gung-ho talking and everything else. So if you guys don't mind, you know, tell us, tell all the listeners out there, how did y'all get started? Where, where, how did Fourgate become Fourgate? Um... I guess I'll kick it off. Um, I had uh, I had started a website called Modern Thirst back in the um, mid 2010s. I guess um, happened to be right time, right place. Uh, we got really popular, I guess, and started getting a bunch of hits every month. And and I started getting um, hired to started out with doing barrel picks for people when barrel picks were still a new thing. People didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know how to taste it. And then that morphed into some some. Um, consulting for some of the bigger brands um and i got really sick of of everyone bringing me out and already telling me exactly what they were going to do and they just wanted me to tell them they were doing the right thing and inevitably it was the wrong thing and i think i'm not allowed to say but it bore out on the um the way the releases landed (laughs) but um i had met bobby through a mutual friend of ours and he had had me come out to kelvin cooperage here in louisville fantastic craft cooperage um right on outer loop and uh, i had done a story on them taking some photographs and i just thought man walk through that warehouse you look at all the different barrels they have and they had eight barrels of something really funky over there and 20 over there and five over here and if you're if you're one of the big guys you don't care about five or ten barrels you, you know that's a blip on your radar you lose that much in your couch couch cushions every time your ceo sits down in the conference room you know and uh, but if you're small enough if you're if you're nimble enough to take advantage of stuff like that you can have a lot of fun with it um, and I, there weren't a lot of people doing a lot of interesting barrel finishes at the time. But usually people would take kind of their youngest whiskey and their harshest whiskey and they would put it in a finished barrel to cover up its flaws and then sell it. And I wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to take the, the American version of scotch and, and take some of our best whiskey and just kind of touch it in these barrels for a little bit of time, maintain the character of that American whiskey, but just add a little something to it. And I thought, you know, gosh, it'd be really cool if I had a partner who could do this with me. And it'd be really cool if Kelvin Cooperage would be interested. And I called up Bobby one night and I said, hey, do you think Kelvin would be interested? And he said, I don't know, I'll give him a call. And I said, do you think you would be interested in doing this with me? I need a partner. I don't think I got the sentence out and he shut down his consulting business. He was doing it full time. I, I kid. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, it just it just kind of, um, as soon as I mentioned it to Bobby, it just kind of took on a life of its own and we just ran with it and it's been a blast. And then Bobby has, Bobby can pick it up from there because he's, he's in this every day, all day. Yeah, and then uh, you know, um, from there, Scott, we um, we threw a bunch of names in the hat. Uh, started calling people. Uh, started, uh, you know, we got a hold of a couple of different suppliers and vendors um, that would help us out. And um, I told Bill, I said, "Hey, man, we got to name the company. You know, we got to name the company and form the LLC and uh, get a federal license." And so we threw a bunch of names in the hat and. Um, I threw probably four or five names in the hat. Bill threw in a half a dozen or so, and um, he called me back. You know, at the beginning, everything goes kind of slow because you're not doing anything, right? And so I'm like, "Hey, man, we got to name this company. You got to, we got to jump on this LLC." And he goes, "Hey, I want to. I think I want to use the Four Gate Fence uh, name." I said, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah." So Four Gate, Four Gate, the Four Gate Fence is a, a slang name for a four board or four rail horse farm fence in Kentucky, one of the probably the most iconic image in our state. Um, when you drive, whether you're on interstates or side roads, 
uh, going to the horse farms, Versailles Road, um, just really anywhere. A lot of people have them on their personal houses, uh, houses on their properties are small farms. And so um, Bill said, let's go with the four gate. And so um, I started designing the label with that. Uh, Bill and I were really selfish on that, Scott, that because we didn't want to turn it over to an ad agency or a label agency and say, uh, design it for us and name it for us and pick our glass. Bill and I picked our glass in probably 15 minutes, the cork too, and then we went through I don't know, probably 20 different versions of the label to get to where we were. And um, and then we were doing some other stuff and uh, tweaking it, continually tweaking it. And like you know, a couple of things that I did to the label uh, at the beginning, like I told Bill, I said, I think we're going to do this watermark on the label um, for the four-gate fence on the front of the label and then on the back of the label as well. And the four gay fence wraps around that bottle. And uh, Bill's like, I think it sounds kind of stupid. I'm like, okay, well, let's just see once the label gets uh, that's it. That's pretty much exactly so, what and I then, said, I think. And then, then we put the four gay fence on the uh, tax stamp as well. Yeah. And you can see that on both sides. Which I noticed that, but uh, honest to goodness, the, the the background on the actual four gate fence on the actual label... Uh, uh, he just said it, and I think that might be only the, one of the first time I've ever noticed it, or that it's been like that's what it was. That's kind of weird. So, in my defense, I'm not a I'm a very visual person. You can tell me it, tell me and explain it, and that's what Bobby did. And it just made did not in my head did not look anything like it is on a bottle. And he he mocked one up and sent it over to me. I said, "Oh yeah, it looks actually pretty good, Bobby. Good call." Yeah. Right, and then I did a couple other changes to the label. Like I I, I did a, I did another minor change. Um, to the label, like uh, after like three or four batches, I don't know, maybe five batches. I said, "Hey, Bill, what do you think of these new labels?" And he goes, "I don't see what you did." I said, "We well, got to take a harder look at it." He goes, "I don't fucking see what you did." I'm like, "Okay, I added this new black line on the inside of it." And he goes, "Now that I'm looking at it, it looks like the other labels were misprinted." So. I took this. I took this line here, Scott, yep. around here, and we dropped it in on the inside here. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. On the front, the subs in the back, and also on the tax stamp. And um, I told Bill, I said, I think it's. I think it looks really good. What do you think? He goes, I don't. Even, I can't see what you're saying. <laughs> and I, so, <laughs> go ahead, Bill. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that once he showed it to me. I couldn't believe we hadn't done it before. And every time I go back and I look at our first label, first two labels, I think that they're just homemade labels that were misprinted. misprinted. And I can't believe we didn't do them to start out. But it really, you know, what Bobby's talking about goes to show you about how much time and effort goes into the, not just the whiskey, but the packaging. We feel like we know that, that... we can't give this to you at the same price that a big distrib- big distiller could. You know, it costs them pennies on the dollar to put a 10-year-old whiskey in a bottle and sell it to you. It costs them nothing compared to what it costs us. But if, if we know that if, if you have to pay a premium for our product, we want it to feel and look like a premium product. So we spend a lot of time trying to make sure that those labels are perfect. And anytime Bobby or, or I can come up with something that makes them a little more perfect, we kind of roll with it. And we do the same thing with the cork. You know, we had the choice early on. We could save a few cents here and there if we went with uh, synthetic cork. We wanted the natural. Um, it comes in from Portugal. And, and 
um, you know, the glass comes in from Poland. We had extra long shrink sleeves on it, which which costs a little bit more, but they just look better and they, they look a little more premium. And they don't cost the, the they don't cost the consumer anything. Uh, it costs us money. It comes out of our margins. But we just want to make sure that that when you pick it up, whether you can tell it or not, whether you can vocalize it or not, when you hold that bottle in your hand, you look at it. We want you to think this is premium. A lot of thought went into this packaging and this whiskey, and, and, and we want it to feel that way, we want it to look that way and taste that way. Yeah, attention to detail is something that, you know, in especially in the bourbon industry at this point, I mean, means a ton, right? You know, packaging, labeling, you know, the attention to detail on all the little things, whether it's the black line or the the, the kind of woodcut image in the back piece there. I mean, that, that means a lot, you know, because people, like you said, it, it distinguishes you from something that's just an everyday shelf product to, to a premium brand that, yeah. that you really want to buy and pick and up. We won't mail anything in either. It's it's always a it's always a long process and a lot of back and forth before we make any decisions on it. It's 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 a lot of fun and a lot of time, but we hope it pays off. Well, and, and Scott, the other thing is, um, Bill and I've bought only the most premium juice that we can find on the market, and um, when you have the opportunity to get that juice um, that we want. And as Bill said earlier, we're not trying to cover up the base juice um, that we have. Then when you look at the color of our juice, you look at our bottles the way they are. And our bottles aren't fat. I mean, these are three-inch bottles. Our new glass that we're going to is a a quarter-inch wider. But you look at that, three inches, without the back label uh, shadowing it, you look through that. We want to look at it and see how dark the juice is, how good the color of it is, because we really want to go off of color. We want to go off of the the uh, taste profile. Um, Bill's great on the taste profile stuff. We've been doing this um, since day one. We want the color of the juice um, and the the way we finish it, and we want it to really look good in the bottle and. Um, if we're not, if you're not buying the premium whiskey, you're not going to have the opportunity to have this. And we've never had water to any of our products, um, as Bill said. You know, um, everything's going to be limited release, uh, barrel proof. We might, we're, we're going to a standard release this summer um, on bourbon. We're going to go to the standard release this uh, this summer on some bourbon. And then we're going to go to another standard release probably six months later on the rye whiskey. Uh, Bill and I have been working with our uh, distributors to do that. And um, But the bottom line is we want to have the best quality juice that we can get and um, not covered up or try to, uh, you know, we're not trying to cover up anything that we're doing. Gotcha. I would, I, anything that we put in a bottle, I would drink on its own without the finishing. And that's that's been a very key point of what we do. If, if, if we don't like the blend of whiskey, we're not going to throw it in another barrel and try to make it taste good. We won't do that. We'll, we just won't blend it. Right. That's that's always been one of the hardest things trying to tell people about Fourgate. They're like, oh, finished. It's you know expensive, whatever. And there's a lot of reasons why the price is what it is. Um, but to me, I always like Bob told me one time, quit cooks. Like this is good whiskey on its own, and they're just y'all are just adding a little something to it, giving it some uniqueness. It's not going in the, these barrels to hide 
imperfections it's taking good whiskey and then turning it into something even better something special something unique that you have admittedly said we can't really replicate it because the base whiskey you can't get that again or it's going to be different barrels you can attempt to like the kelvin collaborations is somewhat of an attempt to kind of recreate that uh, the original batch, but it's always a little bit different. It's, it's always themes, unique, but not not really the same exact thing. You know, when when we were first conceiving the company, part of the part of the big inspiration for this had been um, around a year or so of, of starting this company. I really started paying attention to other whiskeys other than American bourbon. So you start getting into whiskeys made in Taiwan, especially Scotch. Obviously, I mean that's the big one outside of the United States. They can use any barrel they want. So. If you think about scotch, they generally use one grain. It's malted barley. But they have this flavor profile that's as, you know, 20 feet wide because they can use any barrel they want. And as you, if you've heard any expert in the U.S. talk about, 80%, 85% of your color and flavor in your whiskey comes from the barrel, right? So in America, we use a new toasted um, um, charred cask every time. So if you're making a bourbon, there's going to be some variation in there, but by and large, if there's not some caramel, there's not some vanilla or something along those lines, you've done it wrong. It's got to be sweet and it's got to have caramel and vanilla because that's what the, the barrel does to the whiskey, period. If it doesn't have that, you've done something wrong with it. Now there's a, there's variation within that, but but our flavor profile spectrum is instead of 20 feet wide is five feet wide eight feet wide, whatever you want to call it. It's a lot smaller than scotch. When you walk around Calvin Cooperage and you see all this used Cooperage out there that's been all around the world for all sorts of different products, and you start thinking, well, gosh, we could use this great flavors we get from bourbon and straight rye whiskey in America, and what if we took the good stuff and barrel finish it the same way scotch starts in a port barrel? What if we took six months in a port barrel? Port barrel. What if we took 30 days and just accentuated those great American flavors that we have with some of these other spirits? And, and that's really what Forgate does. Is we're trying to bring that type of philosophy, that blending and that finishing into into American whiskey. Yeah. So we're not trying to cover up crap. We're trying to make good whiskey just a little bit better, just kind of accentuated a touch. Right. Enhance and you, it. And you guys do straight non-finished product as well, so you're not afraid to do that. Not everything's finished. No, no, exactly. And and the other thing is um, what what Bill was saying. What the the juice that the juice that Bill and I have bought over the last three and a half years. We got the best whiskey uh, on the planet in four gates inventory period hands down there's no one that's going to no question it i mean we've we've got um i'm not going to get into the details but we've got uh you know a little over a thousand barrels between bourbon rye uh multiple age statements we've got a little and, american whiskey in there yep and mean and we're um we're in a great position to move our company forward um it's been a, a lot of um, uh, Bill and I've been doing a lot of great consulting work to Forgate to uh, get this uh, company where it is, and uh, the opportunities uh, going forward on the juice is um, endless. Um, and what Bill was saying earlier, the cast that we just got from Calvin, we just got uh, twenty-three uh, beautiful cask uh, that were Oloroso sherry rum. We're filling eight of them with our rye whiskey. We're going to fill um, 15 of them with some of our seven-and-a-half-year-old uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Matter of fact, I think they get filled on uh, Tuesday morning um, at BBC. Uh, we're 
generally excited about all these uh, offerings. And um, we're trying to build this base a little bit larger. I know I'm going, uh, maybe going off a little script here for you, Scott, but we're trying to build this base a little bit um, bigger. Bill and I have been talking about it for the last, you know, 15, 18 months when we get into these other states. And in the last eight months, nine months, we got into Louisiana, Texas, and uh, Illinois. And so um, this this transitions our company into, uh, you, added, you added a couple more pallets, blah, 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 but they're going to other states. The scarcity in our brand, um, and these other states are crying for it right now. And uh, Bill and I are just grateful for what's being received in the market, um, how the four gates being perceived, and uh, what we're able to do, uh, deliver for them. Let's talk about some of these batches we're drinking today. That's what I was going to say. Let's jump into some of these. We've got the 4x4, four four, which I think was the first one we decided we were going to sip on here. Did we, did we start with the St. Charon? No, yeah. Oh, St. Charon, my bad. Charon. So the St. Charon is a seven-year um, minimum aged. It's barrel finished in a cognac cask. It's Kentucky straight bourbon. Kentucky straight bourbon. And it's yep. coming in at about 119.2, which I tell you, it doesn't drink that hot. I mean, it drinks super smooth, super light. It does. That's a twenty-one percent rye, so it's a high rye mash bill. Um, it's a it's a, just a great base whiskey. We've used it in a few different things so far, and we've used some older versions of it and a couple of the younger. But it's just a great. I, I feel like these spicy high rye whiskeys really take to those those uh, fortified wine finishes really well, and, and the dark rum as well. That, that spice and sweet kind of play off each other really well. Yeah. And, and Scott, that that was re- released um, for uh, Super Bowl Sunday uh, this year, 2022. Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. So, what, what, and we'll, we'll cover these a little bit, but one thing that's near and dear to our heart is we do a lot of charity work with the podcast. We like to go out and help some of the nonprofits in the area raise money by buying bourbon and selling them through, you know, private events and things like that. Um, the Eagle Thief was a barrel that I tried, and I know that was kind of a charity project you guys took on. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I'll, um, I'll, I'll fill that in on for you, uh, Scott. So I designed, uh, Bill and I decided that we wanted to do um, a charity release um, and a tribute bottle for uh, Kevin McLaughlin, who passed away uh, from cancer. Um, after about a nine or ten month uh, battle, and we wanted to give the money to one of his um, his his main charity, which was um, the West End School. So uh, I designed I designed the label uh, for Eagle Thief. Um, I I pulled up his um, I pulled up the colors from where he where he played golf at um in uh at, at Pepperdine University those are the colors on the label and we actually Bill and I actually I said I think we ought to bring that color over to our private select cast last summer and we did but because we love that dark bluish purple but that's from his uh school where he played golf and he was the golf captain at um, Pepperdine huh at Pepperdine and, now that's out in as, California right it is as yeah. an avid golfer can I say also that Kevin was a massive, massively talented golfer, and in the city of Louisville, he was he's known very well against uh, around everyone who plays golf regularly in all the interclub tournaments around because he won his um, his country club tournament like 
17 out of 20 years his, he was the club champion there and he everywhere he went people would groan when he showed up if he was playing in a member guest or one of these tournaments where he was playing elsewhere because they said oh kevin's here we got no yeah. chance so he's, yeah. golf was a big part of his life yeah. and that that flows through to the rest of the label here so is that how you all kind of began your Kelvin Cooperage kind of collaboration in the collaborative series? That was just Bobby's relationship well, with, with yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I, I was good friends with Kevin from um, our, both of our sons played uh, AAU basketball. And so we I'd meet him at practices with our sons there. And then um, they had a really good team. They had a really good team at the end of um, at the end of sixth grade. And uh, the coach said, you know, you, we're winning all these tournaments. We ought to go to the Nationals in uh, Virginia Beach. And so we decided to go to the Virginia Beach tournament and um, even spent more time with Kevin. And he and, and his son, Kyle, and my son, Zach, were best friends. Uh, they still are today, even though, you know, Kyle's at UK and uh, my son's at LSU. They're still best friends. They talk all the time. Uh, text back and forth but i wanted to circle back on that scott on that bottle so the eagle thief bottle uh that was a tribute release to kevin that i did so the age statement we did um we wanted to do the age statement 10 plus 2 i asked the ttb to approve that if they would it's going to be a special release a charity bottle and so the plus two was for that was his handicap his oh, golf okay. handicap yeah. was plus Means two. He shot under par every time he played. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty and good. So, I'm maybe a little jealous. Yeah, and then the, the Eagle Thief, the batch is for making eagles and obviously the Whiskey Thief. And I put that on the side, that label right yep. there with the golf club and that. And then the other thing that we asked the TTB to do, Scott, was um, the proof on the front of the bottle. Was um, I asked him, I said, we're just going to add a little bit of water to it. We still want to call it barrel proof, but I want to do the proof at 122.7 uh, because Kevin died on 1227. Oh, that's really cool. Man, the attention to detail is amazing there. As that far whole as that. batch well, is you. a complete labor of love from Bobby to his buddy. Yeah. yeah. And then one, one last comment I'm going to give you. Sure. Is on the back label here behind uh, the no, behind the word four and gate. Oh, it's his initials KM. KM, and here it's rest in peace behind yeah. gate. Can you see that? Yeah, you can. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I never yeah. noticed it. I've seen this yeah. bottle multiple times and never noticed that. Well, it, we give out the notes on four gate, and um, I sent bottles all over the world for um, Kevin McLaughlin and Kevin Cooperage. Um, Bill and I gave them, I think, three cases, and they said, oh, no, we don't need that many. And then um, about a week or two into it, um, Paul called me up and said, or Kevin, uh, not um, not Paul, um, William, William Hornaday called me up, who runs the Cooperage for uh, Paul and Kevin. Um, and William called me up, and he goes, I think we need like eight or, eight or ten more cases. And I'm like, Okay, I don't know if we can get them. And he goes, no, I, three barrels I, I, I need them. Two barrels. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'll see if I can get them. And so I had Republic um, deliver them to uh, Justin's House of Bourbon downtown. And I think Travis maybe had done the transaction with him or one of his old counterparts, uh, Brian Booth. 
and they went in and bought all the bottles and then um bill and i um packaged them up we did the notes on Fourgate. paul mclaughlin did uh personal note cards to people and i shipped them all over the world uh for them for that bottle for eagle thief and uh, matter of fact this is a funny story that if you don't mind me adding this in um a friend of mine was at um, uh, Peerless last week, and he said, yeah, I'm walking out of, um, I mean, I'm sorry, it was our banker. And he told us that Tuesday night, he said, yeah, I was at uh, Peerless um, the other day, and our party was Tuesday night. He goes, yeah, I'm walking out of Peerless, and I look over, and on uh, Quirky Taylor's desk, he's got a bottle of Fourgate. And I said, oh, that's amazing. He said, he goes, why would he have that on his desk? I said, I'm sure it's the uh, Eagle Thief bottle that uh, Kevin McLaughlin gave him. Hmm. So it's pretty cool that uh, Corky's got that bottle full unopened on his desk. at Because uh, e- um, Corky and uh, Kevin Paul, Kevin Cooperage, they got a display at their Cooperage. Um, I mean, a display at their uh, distillery. Uh, for Kelvin Cooperage and everything that they do at um, at Peerless is uh, for uh, Kelvin Cooperage, and they've only used their cask since day one. So just to just to kind of put a cap on the uh, the the Eagle Thief batch, um, we uh, pretty much everyone involved with this, from the distributors to retailers, cut everyone everyone cut their margins. So that we were able to take a, almost all the profits from this batch and give it to Kevin's charity of choice, the West End School of Louisville. So we presented them a big check from this. They were very grateful for it and uh, great charity. And and, and we, you know we just felt like we needed to honor Kevin. He was very instrumental to our company. So that's that's great that the everybody was willing to take a haircut in order to to do some good in the hood. Yep. You know, so that's, they did. That, that's really good when you can do that. So this four by four, we I, I just tried that the the rum finished, and that thing's that that that's gonna be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't a lot of bottles of it, so uh, so drink up. Yeah, get that wherever you can. So the four by four was um, we did um, we dumped our first uh, fifteen barrels of the nine year old. This nine year old juice, uh, Scott, averaged um, between. Um, 89 to 106 proof so not very high and um, um, when we 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 only bottled um, I think eight um, 800 no 600 636 bottles so not much right we offered it to three states and a couple of the guys online it's all gone it's a 103 proof as a nine-year-old I mean it's um, that's a nine-year-old Indiana whiskey, uh, Indiana straight bourbon. It's it, the bourbon is w- some of the best stuff we've ever had on its own, even right. before we finished it. Yeah, it's insane. And we got those uh, we got those barrels from a, a good friend of our, a good friend of ours, and um, I think he's cool with me saying it. So it's uh, from um, uh, Jordan Morris at uh, Rolling Fork. Okay, yeah. And um, I love he, Turner and Joe Horton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the we got the barrels from them. Uh, we can't say where the barrels came from, but we, we think they came from the Caribbean. 
and um, Barbados it says maybe. Barbados on the side or Barbadian. <laughs> I've never seen it. I've, I've, I've never seen it said Barbadian. It's like barbarian. <laughs> it's like Australian. It's like Australian. Right. Well, yeah, it's funny. Bob, Bobby actually looked it up, and Barbadian is the textbook correct way to say it. But someone else who is actually from Barbados told me that that like everyone else calls them Barbadian, but we call ourselves. And I can't even remember what it is at this point, but it was something completely different. That's what you should have used on the bottle, whatever they call themselves. That would have been funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have loved to. How I would just you find didn't out? It. I mean, it's like it's like when you say, um, "Is it Australian?" Like we use Australian tiny port. In Australian, uh, a pair of sherry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, it's I did the same thing when Bobby Bobby first showed me how he had uh, submitted to the TTB. I said, Barbadian, is that right? And he yeah, said, look it, it up. up. And I was on the oh, phone yeah. with him. I looked it up. I said, son of a bitch, I think that's right. You yeah. can't say where it came from, but uh, it's it's four by four. Right. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Four by Don't four. get us in trouble. What do you I, that's why I said it. Four by four. Right. Huh. four by I wonder where that's from. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's it's from a. Um, uh, it's a car. It's a and, car. My car's yeah, four wheel drive. Yeah, it's, it's a great a, piece of wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's it's from a uh, it's from a company in the Caribbean um, that um, makes rum. It makes good rum. Make rum. It makes good, good rum. rum. And we decided to do the sub label name four by four. Just yeah. random. Totally four by four. Random. The funny thing is that's a square, right? Totally. Ra- <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you guys are evil. I, so, this this one to me is intriguing, not because of the 4x4 four four stuff, but I am currently obsessed with low-proof, barrel-proof whiskey. I, I'm getting right there with you. So, I still love hazmat, but I... It has its place, but I, I just... Uh, that's low-proof, extra water, you know, more wood sugars, just love the depth of flavor. So when this when I when Bobby first tried me on this I was like okay I, that you know I want to get a bottle of all of them but that was like I'm going to do everything I can so um I love it I I personally think it's one of the best uh, of the last uh, handful um so great stuff It's funny you say that because I've always said I mean all the way back to my modern Thursdays I always said I prefer barrel strength bourbon but people always mistook that as me saying I like high, the higher proof, the better. That's not the case. I just don't want it watered down. I want full-flavored bourbon. Right. And if that full flavor is 105 proof, that's even better than if it's 145 proof. Now, don't get me wrong. If I can get 145 proof sometimes, that's really good. It blows my socks off, and I love it. It's rare. But 105 is awesome. Yeah, that that, that, that 2016, and, and I hate to bring up another brand, but that that 2016 GTS, that 144 point, I mean, that, that stuff's delicious. <laughs> I mean, it's just delicious. And it's hard to find something that's that hot that, that brings that much flavor and that much thing. So I, I'm anxious to try this other one right here that you got that's bringing that. that it, it, and I will tell you this. I, I love that the fact that you guys are so transparent about your things and things like that, but the twist that you put on it, the fact that it's Dearborn County, <laughs> you know, you know what's funny is Most Bobby and I kind of no argued. Dearborn County is Bobby and I kind of argued over that because I wanted to say Indiana and he wanted to say Dearborn County. I said that's stupid. Nobody knows what Dearborn County is. And he said that's the point. That's the point. I said okay, yeah, you're probably right on that. Let's go. It's, with it. it's priceless and it's funny. And for us Hoosiers, because I am a Hoosier, I, I really appreciate the humor behind that. So, well, uh, and then our and then our broker, um, not our broker, but our guy or contact up there, that was the only phone number I got. Uh, when I, when um, Bill and I started uh, Fourgate, um, I got one phone. So I got one phone number from uh, Kevin McLaughlin, and he said you ought to call this guy. And then um, when this came around to do this, 
and we had already done some other stuff with the Indiana Jews. And I told Bill, I said, I think I'm going to just, I think I'm going to label um, Dearborn County uh, for the county that Lawrenceburg, Indiana's in. And then um, I texted up to the uh, to my main guy up there, and um, he's like, there's no way you're doing that. I said, yeah, we got the bottle out now, and we got a couple other bottles coming out. No, we're not going to do our single barrel, the private select cask, with that Dearborn County on it, on the Indiana Juice. We're doing it on the bottles from uh, from us. Bill and I wanted to have that type of separation, um, mainly from him, more than me. <clears throat> and I'm completely good with it on the, uh, on the private select cast barrels. But um, I thought it was kind of cool. We released that. Um, that way, um, we released the um, we released the four by four the same way, Scott. That says Dearborn County on it. Right. And um, just kind of cool to, to shout it out. I mean, people do you know Woodford. People do Nelson County. They do other ones uh, that people are that are familiar with. When I sent it up to the um, guy up at uh, MGP, um, he's like, that is so nice that you gave me the shout out at um, for Dearborn County. He said, the county I grew up in, my wife did, uh, we both work here now. Uh, to have that on the bottle and um, four gate analogies, uh, analogies that, we're extremely grateful. That's awful nice. Well, it only helps the county, right? I mean, it only helps in that situation, you know. Well, now, granted, th- th- that that distiller is not giving tours out by mass quantities or anything to that nature, but I, I like to think in the future that it will become a destination where people can visit and enjoy what's going on there. You know, it will probably require a little bit of construction because it's not exactly no, made you're 100% to be a scenic, right. yep. scenic, you know, it's not an arboretum like Maker's Mark or something, but... You know, it's a, we're, we're proud to use it when, when we do use their stuff, and we don't use it on every batch by any means. We use, you know, very very few of our batches other than the Rise. Right. But we're proud to. I, I think they make some of the best whiskey in the world, and, and we we pick the best that we can from them, and, and we're happy to use them. Yeah, um, you, I think it's great stuff, and this 14-year, if you're tasting that right now, is some of the best whiskey you will ever have. I, I, I just keep you. nosing it, dude. I, I mean, promise the, the nose on this thing is ridiculous. I, I, I may not be the best pilot in the world, but I feel like I'm at least competent, and I'm telling you that it is one of the best whiskeys I've ever had. And, and that's it, why it's in that format and not anything else. Right. And how cool does that look when you're looking at that, Scott, and it says Dearborn County? No, no, that's what I said. It was one of the first things I noticed. And, yeah. and for me, like, like I said, being a Hoosier, and and knowing the the history and the heritage and and everything else behind that because I've done a lot of like testing and history and right. like looked up different things and there's a couple of really cool things that happened in in Clark County that people don't know about you know right. or in in things to that nature so right. I, I appreciate the, the the attention to detail and also the transparency all at the same time well yeah and, and we just want to we just want to show respect to um, uh, my buddy that's up there Perry Ford um, oh you use Perry. Yeah. Okay, you know, I know Perry. Perry. Yeah, yeah, Perry's um, is a very good friend. Matter of fact, if you know him, um, I'm going to take two seconds and grab this bottle behind you because um, we named uh, before Bill's got to go, and I know he's got to go. We got to be respectful of Bill's so, time. So we did. Um, <clears throat> we did a bottle. We did a bottle, uh, Scott, of our um, um, of our uh, rye whiskey in. Australian tiny port cask. Yep. 
And there was a couple guys that helped us out with the rye whiskey. One guy out of Chicago and another guy out of uh, Indiana. That's not it. And I'm going to grab it right here for you real quick. Just let me put my mic down. I'll be back in three seconds. So, Bill, while he's doing that, um, tell us a little bit more about, like, what's to come in the near future. What's Fork Gates, you know, next couple of plans over the next couple of years? Absolutely. uh, So so one of the, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. We have this 14-year Indiana Foundation. And foundation, um, we had this idea. I, I talked to Bob about it before we even had the name of the company. We were going to barrel finish as a rule. That was going to kind of be our, our standard thing because we wanted to be a little different. I'm not going to try to replicate what, you know, the big guys do every day. They, I, I, I can't compete with them on price, so I shouldn't try. Uh, but occasionally we were going to come across some whiskey that, that we just felt like was too good to barrel finish. Um, and we would call that foundation, whatever we did, because great whiskey is a foundation, whatever we do. We're never going to put a bad whiskey in a bottle and try to cover it up. So we had our batches three and five were at Kentucky. It was just called Foundation. It was phenomenal whiskey. If you ever get a chance to try one of those, do it. Now, the, um, we did a Tennessee Foundation because our, our Tennessee distributor didn't get any of that Kentucky stuff. So they asked, it to, they asked us to do some uh, uh, Tennessee whiskey in, in the same vein. So we did a 10-year Tennessee bourbon. That's fantastic. We it's did, awesome. Yeah. It, it's you know, technically... You know, it's if, Tennessee if you get, whiskey, right? It's Tennessee <laughs> bourbon. It's bourbon. It's bourbon. not whiskey. It is not whiskey. Um, so well, it is whiskey, but it's also bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's not. Uh, it didn't go through the Lincoln County process. I get it. So um, anyway, we, we did a. I thought we did a, it, as well as that whiskey could be presented. I thought we did about as good as we could. I got um, ninety four points from uh, yeah. Whiskey, okay. Yeah. So, so now uh, Indiana Foundation, we've come across some ten year and some fourteen year stuff and these barrels we, we've had not, uh, other other whiskey from them that's really good these are just exceptional barrels there's just a great lot of whiskey the 14 year and the 10 year so we have that coming up this this summer we're going to release the the 14 year at one location at one time the same time we're bringing out the 10 year and i don't want to call it a consolation prize because it's fantastic whiskey too dude this 14 is legit but if you can't find the 14 you're going to be able to get the 10 which will be batched as well and it'll be a 10 year lower proof obviously uh this is 144 i think on the uh on the 14, on the 14 year. yeah it is uh yeah. it, it's it's up there uh but we, we've got that coming out this summer we're really excited about that because you know because of covid there haven't been a lot of the big bourbon releases you haven't seen people all flocking to a store to, to pick up something and we're, we're kind of hoping to recreate a little bit of that magic i'm not saying that we can drive the same traffic that some of the other guys can but we'll see what we can do with it we'll have a little fun with it and uh, we've got uh, we've got a lot of other projects. We've got a lot of whiskeys coming out. We're going to do a um, a standard release of a, a um, split stave bourbon. It'll be a seven year Kentucky straight bourbon in split stave barrels. You'll be able to buy that year round in the states we're distributed in, um, starting the summer, end of the summer, late or early fall. Uh, sometime next year, we'll probably follow that up with a rye as well. So you'll be able to buy those year round. Um, in any state we're, we're distributed in, um, and we can replicate those. We have enough stocks right now where we feel like we can we can do that indefinitely. So before we jump into the Perry thing, you mentioned the states you're distributed in. If you don't mind, we we let the listeners know what what states they can find you in currently. Absolutely, it's Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, Indiana, Louisiana, Texas, and now Illinois. Okay. Uh, as so, of roughly around now. So seven week. states. Yeah, seven states. Mainly you know, the Midwest. and then Mainly the Midwest. Uh, you can also find us on um, bourbonoutfitter.com, caskers.com, and sealbox.com. So if, if you're not in one of those states we distribute to, you can probably get us online at those those different. And they uh, distribute to most states, if not all. 42 like or 42, 43, yeah. yeah, something like that. It changes on a weekly basis. We can't keep up with it. So. Gotcha. So seven states. Yeah. 
mainly the Midwest, Indiana, yeah. Kentucky, Illinois, all that good stuff, Tennessee, yep. and then you said Mississippi was down south? No, no, we're, it's Georgia. Georgia, yeah. gotcha. I heard and, one of the uh, southern states there. We are doing, uh, so before COVID hit, we actually gave a couple barrels to a local brewery, and they did a, uh, a, a porter. Age in that, it's Third Turn Brewery in Jefferson Town, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. So uh, May 20th is what we're shooting for right now. We're going to try to do a tapping of the kegs. So they've had uh, two two barrels of that stuff um, waiting to waiting to roll for us for two years now. And now are you going to get them back and then refinish something? Nah, probably not. I, I'm guessing those barrels are long gone. They tank they they kegged them a long time ago. So no, those so things would be 30 proof by oh, now. So gotcha. we can't have that. Yeah, I hear you. you can't have that. You can't have people keeling over after one little tulip glass of beer. Right. <laughs> I mean, we could, I guess, but right. You know, so. well, no, That'll to, be fun. I'm going to bring this last one up. Um, before uh, Bill had to take off, so this is um, this is one of the ones that we're going to be bottling at the end of May. And uh, Scott, want to introduce this to you? This is, um, by the way, it's our new glass because we couldn't get glass, and we, we finished this whiskey in um, Australian uh, tiny port cask. And this this has been in a tank for probably six or nine months now. We already finished it. And um, but one of our uh, brokers out of Chicago, um, and his last name is Perry, and uh, our uh, good friend out of uh, MGP, his first name is Perry. So I don't want to disclose anything for anybody that needs to know anything. So um, Bill and I named this batch uh, Straight Wild Whiskey, finishing the Australian Tony Portcast, and I named it. Uh, Port Port Perry Perry. So uh, Perry for the guy in Chicago, Perry for the guy at MGP. And uh, when I had lunch with um, the uh, Perry in um, uh, Indiana, and I showed him the label that we were going to do probably, I don't know, maybe six or eight months ago, he's literally, he he was almost in tears at lunch. And then um, I called our broker in Chicago, and I told him that we're naming it after him, too. Is it cool if we use your name on the label? He goes, yeah, it's really cool. He goes, and he said, "Um, now that you've told me, if you change the name, I'm going to fucking kill you. (laughs) 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 That's a quote. That's a quote. There we go. So, when he's out of Chicago, he literally knows people. I was about to say, he knows can, we, can we put that on the back label? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you change I'm the name, I'm going to fucking kill you. That's right. If you change the name, I'm going to fucking kill you. This is a, this a PG-rated podcast? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we, we go just, wherever you want to go, man. No, I'm just, I, I'm just being honest. Let my Tourette's honest. roll. I'm just, Scott, I'm just trying to be honest and share with you all your listeners and the people that want to listen to uh, your podcast and hear Bill and I talk that we're giving them genuine information, yeah. right? No, we I, I appreciate it, and I know the listeners do. I mean, we're, we're in like forty something countries now, and all the states, and so so we've got a, we've got a vast uh, group of folks that are listening to us. And when they come to the states, uh, I had one guy reach out to me, and he was like, he was so excited about one of the interviews that we did, and he was like, you know, he goes. I went to that distillery. I went and tried it and things like, and it was like a small mom and pops distillery in Indianapolis. And he was like, I had the best time. And I'm like, that's what this is about. Right. You know, you go out and you meet with people and you do different things and experience is part of the experience is everything. Right. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, I met, um, 
I, I told Bill, I said I had a tasting this afternoon at um, 3.45, 4 o'clock downtown at Justin's House of Bourbon. And um, I don't even know who I'm meeting. And he and his wife are there. And they're like, oh, my God. I didn't know if I was going to meet you or Bill or both of you or whatever. We've been looking forward to meeting Forgate for like six months. I'm like, this is just crazy. <laughs> right. So, but then we had a great tasting for like uh, 45 minutes. And um, they had already bought probably eight or ten bottles uh, for Gate, and uh, I turned them on to a bunch of different stuff, and uh, we had a great time. And you just never know where it's going to go, Scott. One hundred percent. There's there's nothing better than when you're just hanging out in a place, having a couple of drinks, and someone comes in. You know, if you're at a liquor store, or a bar, and there, someone comes in, or it's Four Gate down the, you know, a couple of benches down from you, a couple of bar stools down from you, and someone says, "Well, the owner's sitting right there. You want him to sign your bottle?" And the guys come up, and I say, "Hey, if you want it to lose all value, I'll put my name on it. Otherwise." <laughs> I got a funny story we'll tell you when we get off air. So to be respectful of time, because I know Bill's got to get out of here, um, how do people find you? If they want to find your product, if they want to find you, if they want to look at your website. You can find us. Uh, just search for Fourgate Whiskey on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we got a Facebook group, Fourgate Whiskey Community. Uh, that's where we, we interact a lot more on that than with anything else. But we're on we're on all the, all, I guess, I, I would call them the three, but I think TikTok and the, and the kids will say there's some other ones now. Well, and, then, and then our basic, uh, Scott, our basic emails are both of the same. It's um, bob at fourgatewhiskey.com, uh, bill at fourgatewhiskey.com. Super simple. Uh, give us a shout out. Um, and then... Um, you can if if um, if you have any other questions, you can always um, uh, reach out to us through uh, Justin's House of Bourbon or Watch Hill Proper. All those guys know Bill and I personally, and they can help you out. Good deal. I try to answer everything that comes in from social media. Personally, um, I'm I'm not promising that stuff doesn't slip through the cracks because we get a lot of emails. Right. But I, I I try to I try to be pretty proactive with that. So that's good. So. If you want to find Fourgate, they just told you how. You can email Bill at Bill at FourgateWhiskey.com or Bob at FourgateWhiskey.com. Also, if you want to connect us with uh, Bourbon Barrel Talk, if if you don't feel like hitting them directly, you can touch base with me or you can touch base with Travis at Teach Bourbon, and we'll try to get those questions answered for you. You know, Travis has been a great help for us in the podcast here over the last uh, year or two. So uh, if you want to, do that. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those good things. Um, Travis, anything for you, man? I'm I'm not as funny as Matt, but hopefully I uh, contribute more. But uh, no, I appreciate <laughs> funny looking or funny. <laughs> wait, what are we talking about here? Uh, I mean, if it's Matt, it is funny looking too. Both, yeah, I guess. Um, no, but I just appreciate this opportunity, and I'm and I'm glad we finally were able to make this happen. And uh, I, I don't think this is going to be the last time. So uh, I'm just glad to be here in the the world headquarters and. Uh, it's like another great day in Kentucky. Absolutely. Yeah, hey, guys, raise your glass. I really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for having Scott, salute. Travis, Bill, thanks for making it in. Um, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Making it in like I flew in from Phoenix or something. <laughs> Bourbon Barrel Talk, signing off. Fresh Peace off out. the cheers. golf course. Cheers.